Over 30 years of advice for your house, home, castle, or cabin. Y'all have things you want to get done. It's Rosie on the House. So, come on into my house and let's get it done. Let's get it done and get it done Rosie right. You can reach into my house by phone and dial one 767 4348 And when that line picks up, it goes into this long paragraph dissertation about our COVID-19 protocol. Let me give you a clue. Just hit one, skip that, and you'll get Jennifer. Jennifer will pick up the phone, find out what your question is, and we'll get to you just absolutely as quick as we can. If you are a subscriber to our weekly newsletter at Rosie on the House, you know the topic for this hour is getting that roof ready for the monsoon. Now, let me just share with you uh, the history of roofs in Arizona just for a little bit, okay? When Arizona went through its longest period of expansion, of in-migration, was shortly after the invention of air conditioning and the end of World War II, where many of the guys were stationed at Luke uh, and experienced how great a place this was to live. And in the 40s and 50s, we didn't have enough builders here to meet the demand for housing that we found. So the guys and gals that ended up being the builders of those homes generally came from someplace else, California or the Midwest or Northeast. And they got here and decided, well, it never rains here. So the last thing we have to worry about is what to roof the house with. Let's just throw the cheapest possible thing we can find over the top of the roof, and everything will just be fine. But because of the lack of rain, it actually creates more water problems uh, because of the water inconsistency. You know, if you look at the soils, when it rains, they get wet, they expand. When it dries, you can see it cracking and shriveling up. Well, that same thing is happening on your roof and the underlayment that is your waterproofing agent. It just dries out, then that water comes, cools it off, contracts, expands, contracts, expands to the heat. And because a lot of our rain comes quickly, you know. The monsoon summer rains. And we get a lot quickly. Compact with a punch. Bow. You know, gutters are overlooked in a lot of cases. But, you know, you can see it. You can get a ton of water displaced against your home really quickly where, you know, you probably should have that guttered and channeled away from your foundation. Many a rain gutter salesman in Phoenix in the 50s starved to death. (laughs) (laughs) Many, many. I mean, that that was the last thing in the world anybody ever thought of. Rain gutters. Really? In Arizona? In Arizona. (laughs) You know. But we get rain, generally speaking, in two varieties. The monsoon microburst, horizontal, hard-driving, large drops. That creates a whole different challenge than our soft two-day 
January winter soaking rains. Two completely different situations that have to be addressed completely different. And in my 50 years of building and remodeling in Arizona, I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt, the number one problem I'm dealing with in solving someone's problem at their house has to do with water. I mean, it's not a a second place issue doesn't even come close. It's because we builders in the 50s and 60s underestimated what we have to do to protect a home with its roof and with its exterior coating. Uh, We began to realize this as we saw the repairs that we were doing in the 60s and 70s. New technologies came out. And in the 80s and 90s, we really began to get our act together. But one of the first things you're going to want to do, and as I talk you all through this, checking your roof for monsoon, feel free to call us. The calls always load up towards the end of the show. We've said something that's triggered a thought. And you say, well, I'll just wait to the end of the show. Many times we have so many callers stacked up at the end of the show, we can't answer your question because we have to clear the lines for the next show to start. And they're a call-in show. So if you've got something you want to talk about, give us a ring now, one 767 4348 And we'll put our experience to work for you as best we can. And remember, hit one when the auto attendant answers, and I'll bypass the message, get you right into the studio. Text questions to 411923 and email info at rosyonthehouse.com if you need to snap a picture for... Uh, Oh, that helps a lot. A little visual aid on whatever you're trying to tackle on your home, castle, or cabin. That's a great call. Let's talk about getting those roofs ready for monsoons. And I know I'm talking to a lot of you when I ask you, was your roof replaced about 10 years ago? Remember the October hailstorm that came through and caused damage in Maricopa County? to 150,000 homes. 150,000 homes were damaged with that hailstorm. Many of you got new roofs. Many of you got new air conditioners. Uh, My air conditioning partners and my roofing partners were so worried about all the roofs and air conditioners they were replacing, they figured they were going to have to go through a a recession uh, for 10 years. Because all these units were prematurely retired or damaged. Uh, That didn't really occur. But if your roof is 10 years old, dating back to that hailstorm, now is about the time you need to start paying attention to your roof. Any new roof installed correctly should give you a good 10-year worry-free period. Except foam, except foam roof. You've, you've got to do a little bit more often inspection on the foam roof. I like foam, but truth to tell, it can be one of the higher maintenance roofs for a flat roof. But let's just look at a typical pitched roof that's got a three-tab asphalt uh, shingle uh, or a concrete tile roof. 
at 10 years, there's a great chance that the sun and the heat of the Arizona desert floor has aged the elasticity out of those products to the point that the UV and the dry, dry air literally sucks the elasticity out of those tar products the same way it sucks elasticity out of the skin on your body. And after 10 years of living up there on the roof in 110, 115 degree weather is about the time you need to start backing up, looking, looking at your roof and seeing, am I missing any shingles? Look particularly in the valleys and along the outside edges, because as that shingle gets more and more brittle, the more prone it is to be lifted up off the roof by one of these summer monsoon microbursts, horizontal wind powers that can approach hurricane strength, 60, 70, sometimes 80 miles an hour. Okay. Are you missing a couple shingles? Uh, now's probably the time you want to address that now. Uh, are a couple of your clay tile have, have some palm fronds been blown down or roof limbs blown down or people servicing equipment on your roof cracked some of the tile, the, the concrete tile on your roof? Take a look. Get back as far as you can and observe it from the ground. We don't generally recommend, uh, unless you're trained to do so, to get up and walk around on your roof. That's what we call conditions conducive for a hospital visit. And we don't like promoting that. Uh, so at 10 years, you might want to take a look at your receipts. Or if you had Home Zada, you could just simply log on to Home Zada and see who did your roof and contact those people and say, you know, at 10 years, I think it's time for you to come out and at least just walk my roof and take a look. Once you start that routine, you ought to have that done about every three to five years. Because the last thing you want in those driving rains of the summer monsoons is to be sitting there watching Jeopardy, uh, have the monsoon hit, and you hear drip, 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 drip. And we'll talk a little bit later in this hour if that does happen. There is a right and a wrong thing to do. But right now, this time of year, is the time, if you have a relationship with the roofer that installed your roof, to have them come out and take a look at it. And Rosie had mentioned home zotting. You know, that is only, that's not to say if you get it for your home, it's going to know everything about your home. It doesn't know anything about your home. It only knows what you put into it. It's a home maintenance app that we help use to digitally help control and organize files for our home, set reminders for specific maintenance items, uh, plan projects, help finance the home projections. And, you know, it, it has a learning ability so it can tell you, you know, in the roofing, for example, let's say we install a new roof now today. Well, and it's got a 30-year warranty. It'll help you project that cost of replacement at that time and it uses real-time data from other records as the prices and inflation goes up it'll adjust accordingly so you can see on your timeline you know when your new roof is done here's what you're going to need to be prepared 
to invest. And it's not an exact, obviously you won't get an exact number until you get a, a roofing contractor out there to estimate, but because it does go off of real time input that's happening, you know, how many times <laughs> you say, well, I, you know, I bought that 30 years ago for this. Well, yeah, it was 30 years ago. Now it costs that, <laughs> you know, so it, it, it doesn't keep you know, mindset of, well, I've got this for $20,000 this time. That's all it's going to cost me next time. Well, next time it might be 28000 And you add up all the different features in your home, you know, the, the, some very significant money. So it's a tool we found and helped use. Uh, you go to rosieonthehouse.com slash app. There is one part of it that is free. That's the inventory side. Then there's a $5 a month charge that unlocks the maintenance, the projects, the financing, uh, and all the things to help regularly keep up your home, castle, or cabin. And then you just type Rosie in when you sign up, and that'll save you 25% off of that. the only place I know Where you just have to wish to make it so Let's go up on the that's where we're spending this hour is up on your roof. Talking this particular moment right now about sloped roofs. We will talk about flat roofs uh, momentarily. But let's finish talking our way through preparing the sloped roofs for the upcoming monsoon season. We've talked about uh, the three-tab shingle. We've talked about the concrete tile. You know, I would encourage you, uh, if you don't currently have gutters and downspouts on, I would tell you, you need them. We want the water or a rain harvesting system would work as well. Uh, we want the water that falls on our roof to land approximately 10 feet away from our foundation. And the reason for that has to do with a lot of the soil problems we have in the state of Arizona. And once our soil is dry, it's tremendously stable. But we have a lot of expansive soil in Arizona. And when it gets wet, it expands just like a sponge. And most of the foundation problems we see in Arizona are due to soil expansion cracking your foundation as opposed to foundation settling. So if we can get the moisture away from our foundation... I don't even like to see landscape planters up against the house. I don't like to see lawns right up against the house. The, the, the area five feet out from your stem wall should be limited to concrete skirts, rock walls, low, low, low water required plants like cactus. Uh, but nothing that requires water ought to be up against your foundation. So let's get the downspouts. Now that is going to include, that then gives you a little maintenance issue. You're going to have to check seasonally, set up a stepladder, crawl up and just do a visual inspection of those gutters and downspouts and make sure they are flowing free with a limited amount of leaf clutter and debris in there. You can simply take a hose up the ladder with you, turn it on and rinse them all out. If the problem's bigger than that, get in there and clean them out. Make sure they're running free. Cause boy, there's nothing if there's nothing that can cause problems more than a plugged up 
rain gutter, and rain spout where the water is backing up on top of the shingles, then we've got some real problems. So that kind of takes you through what you can do on your own for a sloped roof. Now, for a flat roof, it's a little bit safer if you can make it up to the edge of the parapet safely uh, with an OSHA-certified anchored ladder uh, that allows you to hop over the top of the parapet to walk the flat roof and take a look at it. There's the asphalt roofs that you don't see so much anymore, the old three-ply built-up roofs, and those are pretty easy to troubleshoot because you look at every place that they have a roof penetration or that the tar has developed an alligator look to it uh, or the seams have started lifting or delaminating. Those are pretty easy to troubleshoot. A foam roof can be a little bit harder, but the primary thing is make sure there's no foam exposed. The elastomeric top coating has to be absolutely continuous. No foam exposed at all. You don't want that foam exposed to the ultraviolet or the the rain itself. Now, a lot of times a foam roof will develop big, large blisters. Those can be a problem too. And they're not, it would be a a long process for me to explain to you how to fix those yourself. If you've got blisters in your foam roof, you're going to be much better off just getting in touch with one of the Rosie certified foam roof installers and have them come up and take care and address those simple blistered areas. You'll be in much better shape. And sometimes that can be a sign of a poor install. Yes. If the roof was wet or they had any moisture that got trapped between the foam and the roof deck when the, the foam was being applied, could be exactly uh, you know just, just an install error. They shouldn't. A lot of times when they're putting on a roof, you know, they'll clean it. You know, the cleaner your surface, the cleaner your bond. You don't want a lot lot of junk, so if they're scraping off an old roof, they may hose it off, power wash it off, but not let it properly dry before foaming over it. And then, you know, that that creates those blisters. So if you'd like to join the conversation, 1-888-767-4348. 1-888-ROSIE for you. Hit one when the auto attendant answers, and I'll put you right in the studio. Rosie here, and people people know me as a pretty loyal guy. I've been using a lot of my same subcontractors for over 30 years. When when you treat me right, uh, I'm, I'm going to be a long-time customer. That's why no one in my family has bought a car anywhere else besides Sanderson Ford for those same 30 years. Folks, you walk down the showroom floor and the salespeople's name are posted on their window, office windows with their tenure at the company. 11 years, 9 years, 13 years, 17, 19 years. This Sanderson runs it just the way you would want it run if you were sending your mom there to buy a car, which, by the way, I've done several times. You looking for a car, you don't need to look anywhere else but Sanderson Ford. 
Now, they're closed 50 or 60 days out of the year because they're closed every Sunday. But they still outperform every Ford dealership in Arizona. You got to ask yourself, why? It's because the way you're treated. Get to Sanderson Ford for your next Ford purchase. You'll thank me. You'll never regret it. We have a meeting there Thursday with them, and I'm actually kind of dreading it. Hmm, okay. I I, I think it's going to be really, 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 really hard for me (laughs) to leave there (laughs) in the vehicle I arrive in. (laughs) You have to exercise some self-control. John Pratt has been just egging him on for almost six months, you know, about to, look, look, Romy, here's a truck. I've been waiting for whatever comes first on my current Sanderson Ford, 300,000 miles or a $3,000 repair. That's my tipping point. But man, none of my equation had anything to do with interest-free <laughs> 84-month loans, and that, that makes that next F-450, that $60,000 truck we're looking at, a a little bit easier to bite off on. There you go. And seeing it in person is always really exciting. Oh, sm- smell it. Smell oh. it. Smell it. Smell it. Smell it, Romy. It's like boiled crawfish on four wheels. God, that looks good. Well, I do have a guest online waiting to, t- to chat with you, Rosie. You know, every year when we go, the, we go every two years, we hit the National Hardware Show in Las Vegas, and we really, really enjoy that. And there's a lot of weeding through things things and products. You know, there's so many things that don't apply to us or our homeowners, but this product applies whether you live in the on the desert floor or in the mountains because it's um, a leak detector. And it's just a simple little device. And I'm, I'm going to tell you about I'm going to let him talk, tell you about I have Mr. Joe Alfrey of Simple Sense Leak Detector Detectors. Hey, Joe, how are you this morning? Hey, Jennifer and Rosie, how are you all doing? Very well, Joe. We appreciate you taking the time to join us. Uh, Jennifer and I will go to the hardware show, and then we end up back. And we we generally divide and conquer because you can't one person can't cover the whole show. So we get back to the room in the evening, and we spill out all our bags and say, "Well, look what I, look what I saw. Look what I saw." And boy, this thing really jumped out of her bag. She said, "Look, this is a great device, Joe. Why don't you take a minute and talk about what Simple Sense is?" So I appreciate the time today, and um, I, lo- I love you guys. I love the show. Um, you know, so as, as we, you know, we're a technology company, and we build products, you know, for businesses, for consumers, and we have run into the problem, both myself, my VP of sales, and everyone that we know have had leaks in their house that have caused significant damage. So we decided to build a product that was connected in that, you set it up, it connects up to your Wi-Fi, and we'll send you texts, we'll send you emails, we'll give you an audible alarm if a leak is detected. And we all know what a disaster, you know, leaks are in the house. Yeah, hor- horrible disasters. The last thing you want while you're on vacation is to get a phone call from your neighbor. Uh, you've got water running out your front door. Even worse, they don't call you. <laughs> or they don't call you, yes. Yeah, no, Exactly. Exactly. You know, so the, the average claim, the average insurance claim related to water damage is $11,000. And it's the second most frequent claim on a homeowner's policy. So it's fairly widespread. And to your point, 
if you're away from your house, whether you're vacationing, whether you're, um, you know, out of the area, you can set up as many notifications as you'd like and, and as many contacts as you'd like. Um, so you could put your neighbor on this. So if you're out of town, your neighbor would get a notification that maybe your water heater is overflowing or, or burst and they can take care of it if you're out of town. So let's take a minute and just tell them what it looks like. So I kind of think it look, it, to it me, looks, it looks like a computer mouse. looks like a little Apple mouse, right? Yeah. It's white. It's it really looks, slick it, looking. Exactly. Yeah. Just about the same size. And you would buy one for each um, appliance you would be concerned about. So your water heater, your dishwasher, washing machine, and then you just set it in that yeah, area. Refrigerator. Exactly. Oh yeah. Refrigerator is a good one too. And, and it's, it, it, it's designed in such a way you can either place it flat or you can place it on its side. You know, if there's a, like at my house, the refrigerator, there's just a, a small little <laughs> crevice on the right where you would put that into. And, it, you know, we've got peace of mind. Underneath the kitchen sink where the RO system is? Behind yeah, it. Where my RO system burst and, yeah. and we had to replace all of our floors in the downstairs because that burst. And if we would have had this, you know, 10 years ago... Um, would have known way in advance before a lot of the damage occurred. So this is a small little device that you buy, you program and download the app, and should it sense water, it alerts you and whoever else you've put into the alert network. Exactly. So there's no limit to the number of sensors. There's no limit to the number of contacts. So say you have a vacation home somewhere, you can add neighbors up there. Um, and, yeah, it, it'll text and, and email just like that. And where can, where can homeowners find this product? So there's a number of different places. So you can buy directly from our website, which is um, simplesense.com, S-I-M-P-L-E-S-E-N-C-E.com, not S-E, but C-E.com. But we also have a number of trusted retailers. We sell through Amazon. We sell through Lowe's Canada. We sell through... Um, Ace Hardware, as well as Walmart.com, and QVC as well. And it's a very affordable product. That was one of the, that's one of the things that really caught my attention. You're not asking us for hundreds and hundreds or thousands of dollars of investment. There's no subscription cost. There's the initial investment of, of um, the, the list price is $69. And when you think, going back to what I said, the, the, average claim just the average claim is eleven thousand dollars a 69 dollars investment in a couple of different places in your house is is a is a well worth investment well it was certainly one of the things that caught jennifer's eye it's simple sense s-i-m-p-l-e sense s-e-n-c-e simple sense uh take a look at it it caught jennifer's eye at the hardware show we bought some uh, she, she didn't tell me she bought them. Uh, I was in the office and she was setting them up and I got, I, I'm automatically put into the alert network and I'm getting this test on my phone. My phone is lighting up saying your hot water, your leak at hot water heater, leak at hot water heater. And I was in the middle of dealing with a computer meltdown that just had me at the absolute end of my wits. And I thought, what else could go wrong today? I stormed out of my office, and Jennifer was in the conference room. I said, what's going on? She said, well, I just installed a new software. I'm testing it. (laughs) (laughs) So, hey, it works. It works. It worked. It absolutely worked. It worked. 
And, and the great thing is, you know, I mean, a lot of us, you know, are out of the house during the day. Um, you know, so an audible alarm isn't always enough, even though it has an audible alarm. But, you know, it gives you that that peace of mind, you know, whether it's through email or text that you're going to get notified. And if you you need to contact a neighbor, uh, a friend, whatever, to 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 mitigate the the water damage, it it just gives you just great peace of mind. Well, thanks so much, Joe, for joining us. Uh, we'll put that out on Facebook so people can find you. It's a really cool little device. You have a great weekend, sir. It was great talking with you all. Thanks a million, Joe. Let's see if we can get to Robert, who's been on hold, wanting to ask a question about his home in Scottsdale. Good morning, Robert. Good good morning, guys. Thank you for taking my call. You betcha. So I just, we, we moved um, about a mile and a half away to a little patio home. And on a good day, my garage is like 97. So I'm wondering if I need a power ventilator or will the, you know, the manual wind turbines work? Well, for the garage? It's a 450 square foot. Yeah, it's 450 square feet. And it's attached to the home. It's a correct? flat roof. Yes. Yeah, so there's going to be certain things that we are and aren't going to be able to do with it. Um, the, the garage is designed to have a one-hour fire rating. And any kind of ventilator that okay. we would put in there into the attic would violate that. Um, you could possibly put one out the side, but, you know, if you're sucking air out, that air has got to come from somewhere. So you got to have an intake. So we've got to put another intake into the garage. Otherwise it's just going to start sucking air from your, your house. Um, you're, you're probably better off going back to what we were talking about earlier, a portable evap cooler or a mini split air conditioning system. You know, I bought a portable VAP cooler, hooked it up, but it needs ventilation. And all it did was make the garage hot and humid. So without... I actually didn't take it back. I got, I got a Hess Air um, rated for 700 square feet. Yeah. And I had put the ice uh, blocks in and everything and <laughs> you know, let it run for a few hours. And it just made it humid it, okay. it, it does so, need an escape with with uh, registers in the garage door or i don't like cracking the garage door uh move that to your patio and look at a split mini split for your garage okay what's it called a mini split a mini split that's okay. a that's you an have an idea how much they run yeah they can depending on the electric power um, you know, you're going to, they're, they're expensive. They're going to be three to $6,000 depending on, Ooh, you know what? I'll, I'd rather sweat. You'd rather sweat. <laughs> okay. Well, well I can, <laughs> I can tell you this, that in the homes we're remodeling and building right now, what used to be considered a ludicrous luxury, we're hardly doing any homes anymore where the garage is an air conditioned because super uh, super cooling and mini splits are so efficient. We were putting evap coolers on garages forever. And then my air conditioning contractor, Integrity Air Conditioning, said, you're a fool. You, you need to put an air conditioner on there. You're going to have less maintenance. It's going to cost you less. Your tools are going to quit rusting. The dogs that live in your garage are going to be a lot happier. And your garage is going to live at 78 degrees. I put a mini split on my garage. I never looked back. Ever. And I'll never live in a home that doesn't have an air-conditioned garage. The mini-split is so cost-effective. 
and you combine that with the APS time of date uh, Supermax Plus package, uh, you can have a cool garage for your cars, for your pets, for your hobby shop, for your workshop, for literally $20 to $40 a month in the middle of the summer. I don't know anybody that doesn't consider that's good money well spent. We were talking many splits going into the break, and Matthew has a question about them. Welcome to the program. How can we help you? Are you talking to me? Yes, sir. Oh, I thought you got it because I didn't hear Matthew, so you got to give the name out. But anyway, yeah, can you have more than one evaporative uh, evaporators on a, 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 a mini split? Yeah, they're two small rooms. Yeah, they're called multi multi head mini splits. So you can do that. That's good because their rooms are too small to you know justify two you know full blown one. It'd and, be too prohibitive for me to redo ducting. And so put uh, yeah. this one this aside to the. Uh, Using a vapid cooler for an industrial garage, you get an industrial fan and you put a five jets in front of it, micro mists. Yes. And you'll cool that thing down, but you're going to get everything wet sooner or later. Yeah, sooner or later you are. But yeah, there are there are multi-head mini splits. And and I, I, I understand you don't feel it'll work in your situation, but we, we have ducted mini splits in the past as well to take care of. Of a, 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 a mother-in-law suite that had a kitchen, sitting area, and the bedroom. So they're they're pretty darn versatile. They really are. The only thing you have to solve with a mini split is how are you going to filter your indoor air, because they don't filter the indoor air very well. So you almost need a separate filter filtration system. But they operate. The mini splits operate so darn efficiently they cool a space for half the price of a conventional air conditioning system that's why we've become such big fans of them and they and they work as a heater so they can cool you off in the summer and there's a reversing valve you use them as a, a heater in the winter so you know my my garage lives at 78 all year long Yes, my dogs are tremendously spoiled, and and when we take them down to Baba Kamari and they have to sleep outside in their truck, and it's fifty-two, they really frown and shiver at me all night long. But uh, other than that, it's a it's a great way to go. Mini splits. Hey, what are the takeaways for today's show? Had a great broadcast. Our Farm Fresh Hour always fun having the Arizona Farm Bureau in. We had a uh, our guest rancher was a. Was a are you what, a herder? Are you a sheep herder? Are you a goat herder? I are guess. you a shepherd? Are, what 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 is your official title there? Is it a goat rancher? I think in goat Arizona, they're, they're, yeah, yes, yeah, in Arizona they're goat and, and sheep wranglers. <laughs> <laughs> and they uh, uh, talking about the, the seven hundred acres in beautiful Franklin, Arizona. Yeah, and the community supported ag that you can find and continue to get local and safe uh, food supply through. And it's a huge, it's been a, I think Julie used the term exponential. It's been an exponential growth uh, since this lockdown. And some products are maybe hard to find on empty uh, grocery store shelves. 
The grocery stores do a fabulous job generally keeping us stocked. But there were a couple times I went to my favorite grocery store and I couldn't get the cut of meat I want or wherever. And I was very happy to have a farm supply direct avenue to go pick up that tri-tip and go pick up that uh, bone-in ribeye steak and that ground chuck and ground beef. So the the consumer direct, the buy, the sell direct farm to end user. Uh, by the way, when is my cow going to be ready? Speaking mm, of direct. Six from, weeks after so June 29th. <laughs> speaking of direct from farm to consumer, I, I've got my name on one of Romy's cows. Uh, so that is a huge movement. We covered that with the Farm Bureau in the 8 o'clock hour. The 9 o'clock hour, we talked about different ways and tactics and uh, equipment you could use to cool off your outdoor living environment. And in Arizona, up north, of course, it's very easy to do down here on the desert floor. That's one thing we didn't say, just go north. <laughs> yeah, that's, you can just go north for sure. Uh, different ways of cooling off your outdoor living environment in the 9 o'clock hour. The 10 o'clock hour, we talked a little bit about roofs and how you should be preparing them for the monsoon season. And uh, We have a good article on rosieonthehouse.com if you, in the quick links that P- Pinnacle Roofing helped put us together. And the one thing we didn't cover is if you do get a leak in a monsoon, do not just sit there and worry about it. Get a bucket. Put it underneath whatever it's dripping. If it's not dripping, that's a bigger problem because it's accumulating. And if you see the drywall of a ceiling or the paint start peeling, take a ice pick, go poke a hole in that sheetrock right there and let the water collect. Because if it just keeps collecting on top of the sheetrock ceiling in and amongst all the insulation, when it comes down, you aren't going to be happy. You're going to have yourself one big mess, yeah, one big mess. So don't let the water accumulate up there. And the newest addition to our e-store wrapping up, we had found these work sharp knife sharpeners, and uh, we had the angle set knife that we had, and we try and keep everything on the e-store $50 or less, and they've got, but everyone that was interested in these sharpeners didn't want the I love my, the manual. I love my, I love so it's a great stress reducer, just sharpening the knives. <laughs> so we we added the electric one, and it jumps to 150, but it does everything. It does shredded edges. It does saws. I've done my lawnmower blade. I've done oh. my sickle. I've done oh. my kitchen knives. I've done my outdoor knives. So we've added that to our Rosie on the House e-store. If you've got questions between now and next week, R-O-S-I-E on the house.com, you can... Uh, shoot us an email there or find the resources. We try and put everything we talk about here on that program. <laughs>